Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 118. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Petrina Dixon, a personal finance expert about taking control of our finances so we can live our lives to the fullest. Sounds familiar. She is a firecracker who walks the walk, and we had a fun and lively conversation. If you're wanting to feel more in control of your life and bank account, we'll give today's episode a listen. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. If this is your first time here, well, welcome. I am honored to have you, and I will do my best to bring you interesting information that can help you in your home and your life. I am a firm believer that there are some amazing connections between getting our money in order and our homes in order so that both work for us and not the other way around. Stuff is supposed to make our lives easier, and money is a tool to help us in all aspects, from what we do to where we live to what we buy, and shows us what we actually value in our lives. I was thrilled to speak with Petrina about her approach to budgeting and how we spend our money. As we discussed on the show, personal finance is personal, so I love getting to learn from other people about what has worked for them on their personal journey. Petrina Dixon is a certified financial educational instructor, international best-selling author and speaker, and she is the founder and CEO of It's My Money. Petrina has been featured in Black Enterprise, Yahoo Finance, Real Simple, Fox 61, and has been featured as a financial influencer by Experian. She attended University of Hartford's Barney School of Business and holds a financial management certification from Cornell University. Her most notable roles are that of wife and mom. We had an awesome conversation, and toward the end, I asked her for an example of how she rewards herself. You might be surprised by her answer, but even more surprised by how I respond. I can't wait to find out. Give this episode a listen, and when you're done, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 118 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Petrina's website, her podcast, and all of the free guides and resources she offers. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 118. And now let's get to our conversation. Well, hi, Petrina. Welcome to the Wannabe Minimalist Show. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I am really excited to have you on. So we're talking money today, guys. And, you know, I know it's a loaded topic. I know some people get really nervous and scared to talk about money and there's a lot of emotion behind money. So I'm sure we will get into a lot of those aspects today, but let's start with you telling us about yourself and kind of what led you to becoming a financial expert. 
Sure. So um, my name is Petrina Dixon. I am a, a personal finance coach, and I have been doing that for almost seven years. Um, I live in Connecticut. My two most important jobs are that of a, a mom and a wife. So I, I like to say those are my wives. My husband is very supportive in what I do. And my daughter and our children, I should say daughter and sons, are, um, are, are the whys of why I keep doing it. It's the motivation. It, it has me going on. And my daughter is the reason why I got started because of a question she asked me relative to money some time ago. And it made me think about the fact that personal finance is not consistently taught in schools. And I, I shouldn't just talk about the problem. I should be a part of the solution. So that's how one of the reasons why I got started now, again, almost seven years ago. Um, I'm also the person that had um, really bad, bad situations with money. I didn't treat money right. I didn't have the right money set up mindset about money. I made a lot of money, but I also spent a lot and sometimes more than what I had and relied on credit to fill the gaps. And then sometimes the imprinted credit card bills. So um, not only am I certified and, um, and educated to be able to talk the talk relative to money. I have a personal experience with money that started off at a not so good one to a really great understanding of how to do it. And then I also do it right. So I don't just teach it. I'm a student of what I do. So um, that that's in the background why I do what I do, how long I've been doing it, and, and why I have such a passion. Because I, I believe that a lot of people may not be doing right by their money, not because they're not making a lot or have a lot. They don't sometimes not understand there are simple basic things that you can do to change that situation. And then you have an upward trajectory on both saving of money and uh, credit as well. Okay. We'll probably get into a couple of those. Yeah. I'd like to be pretty tactical, but yeah. so you talked about kind of having a moment in your life where you weren't really being so smart with your money. Can you dive a little deeper on that? Kind of what pushed you to have better choices with your finances? Without yeah, getting too it, personal. I don't want to, you know, dive I, in listen, too deep. I'm, I'm completely transparent about <laughs> awesome. it because okay. I, I believe that my, tr the transparency in where I was contributes to the success of where I am today. Because when I share, I was this and now I'm whatever it is you think I am now or whatever I share with you, it's because yeah. I've gone through the experience. So, so I'll share with you, this is an example of what I used to do. I love telling this part about the story of how I got started. I used to go to Starbucks four times a day, seven days a week, right? And I did that because I can afford to do that, right? So I thought. So it was like, I'm grown. I can, this is years ago. I'm grown. I can make, I make enough money. I want to go to Starbucks. I want to have that experience, right? I want, you know, them to call Dixon and here's, you know, here's the, my coffee. And what I realized is I was really doing that because I thought that was the way that you did things when you got made a certain amount of money. It's you drink Starbucks, you don't drink it at home. You go there to meet people. And I was just doing that because I was doing it. It was a habit. It wasn't a real reason why I was doing that. So I started drinking coffee at home. I started going to Starbucks. I actually just posted about this today. I started going there every now and then, maybe once a month. So now it even tastes better to me mm. because I am treating myself to a Starbucks. And it's not that I can't afford to go 
as frequently as I was, it was this why, why am I spending that much money on coffee when I can consume the same amount of coffee and sometimes even better um, it at home, the way that I make it, the flavors that I put in and spend less on it. So um, that's an example of what I was doing. And I just was not paying attention to what I was spending. I knew how much I made, how much my employer directly deposited into my paycheck. But then in my head, I'm like, okay, I know this is how much my paycheck. And I would just spend, just swipe the credit card, just spend the money. I was not like writing down, which is called a budget or a spending plan. I was not doing that exercise and incorporating that into my day, into my um, overall money management process changed the game for me. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that I just woke up one day and decided to do it. It was, I knew that there had to be a different way because people that I sat next to at my employer, people that I was around in the Starbucks that I would go to would talk about the purchase of their home on the beach, their second, whatever. And I'm like, how are they doing? Like, I don't even understand how to do what they're doing. And I thought, you had to have a lot more money than you really did. You just needed to change how you were doing the money that you had. And then that, that, that made me want to go out and be the student of personal finance, watching others that were in the space at that time and learning from them, taking their classes, courses, whatever was available. And um, now I'm one of them. People are watching me and learning from me. Yeah. I love the full circle moment. It's great. Yeah. Super great. So I think there's a lot of similarities with what you're talking about and what I talk about with like helping people get their homes in order, you know, decluttering and organizing and creating those systems. And for me, it starts with values. Mm. And do you find that is the same with you, right? Like you have to know what it is that you really want in order to get it. And is that someplace you start? That's where I like to start. Yeah, absolutely. And I call that so so that is a way a way to categorize it. Um, it's also why, like why when I talk to people about saving, it's the why. Like, why are you even doing this? For me, it was I am frivolously spending my money. And if, if one pay the d- direct deposit didn't go in, everything mm-hmm. would blow up. So it was like, why am I doing that? So the value, right? Value in be well I would also say be intentional so what why are you doing what you're doing why are you even going to work are you going to work just to pay bills so yeah so value and appreciate what you're doing and then understanding why you're doing it so that those become very um, evident and then the goal your goals stack up against that which is managing your money well so that you don't have to work for the rest of your life Uh, that's how I (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So that sounds great. <laughs> um, so how do you help people do you, and do you help people find what that why is or what that intention is? Do you, is that something you kind of walk through with people? Yeah. So um, people kind of arrive at, so when I, when I work with clients and I used to work one-on-one with clients more than I do now, now it's group coaching or, or courses that are available that, um, you know, are uh, something that they could go and look at the recording of, um, excuse me. So the, I have people arrive at their why on their own. Like, why are you doing it? Sometimes they pause and think about it for a moment. Sometimes it's, I want to, I don't want to work for the rest of my life. Sometimes it's, I want to start managing my money because I want to help my grandkids go to college. I want to retire soon, whatever that is. Um, they arrive at that. The, the, what I help them do is sit down and take the moment to think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, so I, I would say that's what I, I'm the accountability person that help or partner that helps them sit down, take a breath, 
and really answer that question. And not that they didn't know that answer, it, they never really said it aloud, right? They never really wrote it down on paper. They never really put it up on the wall. And that's what we come together to do. And then these activities that I then coach them through become a lot more, um, a lot more digestible for them because they, they know they're, they're, there's a reason and they are reminded of that very often. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. And it is, it's one of those things I have to do it too. Like I have to remind myself why I do it. So it's easier to get up in the morning and do the hard things or right. Not like you said, not stop at Starbucks on the way home because no, that's, I'm going to take that $5 and I'm going to put it toward this other thing. That's going to help me be able to later grow and I can buy all the Starbucks I want, you know, Um, investing about it. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly So that it grows so that you can do whatever later. I actually do you mind if I just add this? I actually, um, did the math on us again, some time ago on what, um, how much money I spent at Starbucks. I did it on a week. I did it on a month and I did it on a year. And that Uh became an investment into Starbucks. So now when I drink the Starbucks, I, I drink it in a different way, right? Like I, this purchase now is helping me, uh, you know, grow my portfolio on the other side. So, you know, you just have to think about it, it, you know, broader. And that's what, again, what I help people do. So think about, it's not being restrictive. You can't go to Starbucks. It's like, you don't have to go every day, four times a day, making the Starbucks person rich. You can go infrequently still enjoy it, still also be a coffee drinker and then have the, have a win from Starbucks by way of, you know, investing into it or whatever that is. So for me, it was Starbucks. It could be something else for somebody else. Yeah. I love that. I've actually done that a few times in my life and it's something I, I think it's a great principle for minimalism as well, right? Because we all have this urge. We want to buy things and we're being sold things all the time. And we've got, you know, marketing messages everywhere we turn. And so sometimes when I feel the urge to buy something, let's, let's take a laptop. For example, I've had my lovely laptop since (laughs) 2013. (laughs) So it's handy dandy trusty. And you know, at some point I'm going to want to replace it, but I ended up instead of buying the laptop, you invest in the Apple stock, right? So it helps you then kind of scratch that itch of buying something, but you are, you're investing in yourself because you are giving, you know, you're building up your future because my computer's doing just fine. You know, when it breaks, I'll get a new one, but for the time being, I'm sticking with it and I'm just going to go and buy the stock instead. If I feel really like I have to spend some money on something. So I love that idea. And I love that you brought it up because I think it's really helpful in lots of different ways. Um, and that's, I think why I love tying money with minimalism. I think there's a huge correlation. Um, and so I love always talking with money people. So it's (laughs) super fun for me. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about, our kids and money. Um, you are a mom and your children are grown now. I have a nine-year-old. And so I think it's that money lessons are, be- those money lessons are becoming a lot more important for her at this age. I remember a lot of stuff from when I was nine, 10, they're really impressionable years. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that I'm setting her up right. So mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you give someone in my shoes where, you know, we have a child that's kind of starting just now to learn about money. What do you think we should do? Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilled Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. 
The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck and now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it launching in january what happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it we talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky gluey sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity we hear about their journeys their successes their challenges and even their bougie coffee shop orders So, join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts, starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Yeah, so a few things I'll say. The first thing is don't talk negatively about money around them. Oftentimes we talk about, oh, we can't go to McDonald's. I don't have enough money. Or, oh, you know, even if you're not talking to um, your your daughter, you said, right? You you know, you and your husband, your spouse, your partner, whatever whatever it may be. Um, oh, I, I can't believe you spent this money and this bill and that bill. Like don't have the negative conversation about money around children because that's how they would think about it. And that's how their mindset will begin to form relative to money. So keep those, com- the, you know, not to say not to have conversations about money, but don't talk, don't have money be a negative thing. And then the second thing I'll add to that is um, do money activities with your children. Like bring them, like for me, when I, again, this was be pre me being a coach I when my daughter was still at daycare I got up from work I tried to make the stop to the bank and do all those transactions before I got her because I didn't want to bring her in the bank and or you know she was hungry and we're um in the 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 drive-through and she's in the car you want to incorporate or or include them in those sort of activities like go I was reminded of another family that would bring their young ones nine years old into the bank Get, tell them what you were depositing, have them write out the deposit slip and sometimes take money from the teller out of the bank because children will grow up if they only see you taking money out of the ATM thinking that's where you go when you need money. How does the money get in there? They have no idea how that happens. So, you know, having that conversation about how the money gets into the bank so that it, so that you have it to take it out of the bank. So I think that's another thing. And then include them in like choices, what kind of cereal do they like? Like letting them 
understand the difference between the two. Sometimes buying the other one that may not be the brand name one, letting them eat that or not, not even showing them that it's non, maybe show them that it's non-brand um, and somehow incorporate that conversation and then let them taste it and see that it tastes the same. So you don't always have to buy the one that you see on TV all the time. So things like that. So um, again, I would say not talking negatively about money in front of them, incorporating them into banking transactions so they can understand how money goes into the bank. Therefore, you're able to take it out. And then, um, and, and I mean, to what you feel comfortable sharing with them. So it may not be your paycheck versus right. something else. Maybe they see you put the 20 in and you can take the 20 out um, and then uh, start early on not having them needing to have brands because it'll start with cereal right and then it'll be the sneakers and then it'll be the next thing that it's brand is the only way so those are three ways that um, I would suggest a parent of like a nine-year-old even younger to uh, to do and then know because I get I'm gonna just tie this question because I get it a lot what age should you start you said nine some listening may have uh, children that that are younger than nine. This is the just the general rule that I give. If they can recite the words to your favorite song <laughs> without any prompting, then they're ready to learn about money. And the reason why I say that is they are able to do that because they hear it often. So if you talk about positive money affirmations or activities or tasks, then they will recite those. They will begin to ask questions because their young ones are inquisitive. So um, if, if they are, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them reciting songs. I'm saying yeah. they can remember things well enough and tie them accordingly. Like I'm always impressed on TikTok. I see young, uh, uh, young people, young, you know, young uh, children doing the dances. So that means they memorize them, right? They're watching them and they're mimicking them. They will mimic activities as it pertains to money if you put them in front of them. So appropriate age of appropriate, but I think you should start when, when they can retain a full song with a full dance, they're absolutely ready. Oh, that's really good. I've thought yeah. about that with like food, right? Like if you go to, you know, uh, you know, you are always getting takeout or something, you know, your kids might not understand the ingredients that go into the food. And I hadn't right. really thought about that, um, relating it to the bank teller, yes. you know, that's interesting you know, to think like, okay, and we go put the money in here and it comes out. And then That's you could good. also mimic that at home. I mean, we mimic it with toy kitchens and you yes. know, teaching kids how to cook. So why couldn't we mimic it with a toy store? Like not, not a toy store, but like pretend store yes. where, you know, they come, they spend their money, you know, we take it to the bank. Maybe they could play shop owner, like those kinds of things. I find that really fascinating. That's thanks. That's a really good point. You're and welcome. obviously- you know, starting younger than nine is ideal. Um, but you know, I just making sure that we're having those right conversations now that she is nine and yes. I think we do a decent job of it. Um, but yeah. we have taken her in the bank, but I hadn't even thought about that. Like, you know, that moment <laughs> of like, Oh, right. She should know, like, it's a check, yes. right? Here's what a check is. And we put it in and then you can actually take the money out once yeah. it settles. And, you know, you know, obviously being, age appropriate. Like you said, it can get really because, complicated yeah. But, yeah. because I, you know, I'm admitting. So going back, you know, I, I always like to pepper it with my own experience. I remember when I did, when I would bring my daughter to the bank inside of an actual branch, it was like, get a, get the lollipop and she's eating the lollipop while I'm like 
taking care of it. Not, you know, so she's with me. So she is seeing that I'm in the bank and I'm doing something. But if she doesn't even understand the concept of what the building is, then they're not connecting why you're, what it, what it, whatever you're doing at this counter. They just know that's where I go to get the lollipop. You know what I mean? So, yep. you know, it is, it is, you know, you know, you know, pulling that all the way through. You can certainly get the lollipop, but let's talk about why we're, you know, I'm not saying have, you know, an adult conversation with them. I'm saying age appropriate and, and, and the po- transaction appropriate. Right. So if you're going to make your full deposit for your business, you know, maybe not, but if you, so I, I again, I think point taken like age appropriate, yeah. um, having those, you know, just like you would buy a coloring book for the favorite, um, new uh, movie that comes out uh these various different uh, disney movies and things of that nature there are mu- i actually have a free money coloring book on my site Ooh. that i did with sammy rabbit you can go and just grab that tear out pages and color it talk is it walks through a story talk about that with them you know the more you do that the more they will remember um and again you can't do it once you can't have that conversation once you can't go into the bank once because they don't memorize songs like right. that right the, 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 the frequency for which they hear it is how they retain it or retain it well let's just say it that way oh how fun that coloring book sounds really fun i'm gonna check that out and of course we'll link to it in the show notes so um and we'll remind everybody about where that is but that sounds really fun okay cool yeah i'm gonna check that out i like that idea (laughs) but yeah oh very cool All right well let's get to the b word the budget Mm -hmm. nobody likes to budget Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you don't like that word call it the the call the task something else that is that is all like i i i cannot cannot stress enough it's the exercise i want you to do if calling it budget restricts you from doing it or prohibits you from doing it call it the spend it plan call it i'm having my money meeting call it um i am i'm going to tell my money where to go i don't care what you call it just do the exercise do the exercise do the exercise and guess what everybody you are going to find that the exercise, budget, spending, plan, money, meeting, whatever it is, will empower you versus restrict you. Yeah. It will re- empower you versus restrict you. It will let you have what I guilty Mondays, you will have guilt-free Mondays. And what I mean by that is if you sit down for a few minutes, not a few minutes, let's call it 10 to 15 minutes on your payday and write down what you got in and what you plan to spend out and actually follow that plan on Monday, you'll feel less burdened because you did exactly what with your money, what you said you would do. When you don't mm-hmm. do that and you may be like me where I got paid and that was the day when I picked my daughter up from daycare, we were off to the mall. We were off to, back then it was Red Lobster. We were spending before I even thought about what my bills were going to be. Right. And then Monday I'm like, I can't believe I spent that much. Oh my gosh. I was just supposed to go to dinner and I ended up going each night of the weekend and the mall. And I hadn't accounted for that. So I call it have guilt-free spending when you know what you have to spend because you've included what you would like to do and spend on within that plan. That, yeah. that money plan, that spending plan, um, the, uh, the Patrina plan, you can call it whatever <laughs> you want. And if you're okay with budget, then just call it budget. Just yeah. know the same things apply. Write down all your income, write down all you plan to spend, i.e. your expenses. Include a, mis- a bucket. Do not call it mis- miscellaneous. If it's Starbucks for you, call it Starbucks. If it's 
um, I don't know, going out to eat with your friends, calling it going out to eat with your friends, but uh, put in there what you can afford and make sure your expenses do not exceed your income and then you're golden. So if your expenses do not allow for going out to eat, then that that's a week or a paycheck you cannot go that week go when you have enough so again it's empowerment as a pro as opposed to restriction yeah yeah and just it gets you to the place where you get to do more of the fun stuff right yes. like if you're spending it now and you don't have it you will feel guilty and yes. stressed out and all yes. that stuff and so it's like that's not how we want anybody to feel. And if we can just pull back just a little bit, I call it watching the inflow for like decluttering, you know, for you, it's watching the yeah. outflow, just kind of watch, just make sure you're not going past what you need. Don't bring too much stuff in your house. that doesn't fit. Don't spend yeah. the money you don't have. And then it exactly. will just start to click into place. So that's great for people that exactly. are kind of in a place where they're not really in a dilemma yet, right? Like they're, they're doing okay. Status quo, it's kind of easy. So what happens if you've kind of dug yourself into a hole? Do you have any tips or good suggestions for starting to get yourself out of that? That doesn't feel, you know, just overwhelming um, and super yeah. stressful. Cause I think so that's a lot of people. Yeah. The first thing is have an appreciation for delayed gratification, mm. right? So um, it, it just goes back to the mindset and, and the, the, the spending plan exercise is for those that feel like they already have it and those that are in the hole. The reason why, uh, again, to how I was in the hole is because I spent money sometimes before I had it. So, and then I would spend it without even, so spend it before I had it. What does that mean? Because sometimes I get asked this question. That is, if you have an account at a bank and they allow you to use the card and they, or write a check and they say you have paid, um, I don't, I forget what it's even called because I hate the process, but it's called when they, um, I can't think of it, like but they, overdraft they um, go ahead and pay for your Overdraft protection. That's what it is. Yeah. Overdraft protection. That is not your friend. That is not your friend. What that means is spending money before you have it. That is what I did. That is what a lot of people come to me do. Bank is doing them a favor. No, that's $32 per transaction. So uh, oh. if you are doing that, that means you please sit down and budget because you are spending. And sometimes people do this. You're paid on a Friday. They spend on a Thursday. So again, they needed to immediately do something. They really didn't have the money and it was less than 24 hours before they had the money. So now they paid 32 extra dollars. So oh the first thing, um, it, you know, make sure that you employ that in your life, delayed gratification. The second thing is regardless of the status, even if you're deep into debt, the best way to get out of that is to one, understand the debt that you have. Don't mm. go by what's up here, what, and I'm pointing to my head yeah. um, because life happens. A lot of things happen in a given day. So write down your debt, you know, um, how much debt do you have by credit card, by debtor and what, uh, what, how much you owe them? What's the interest rate when it's a due? Cause one way to get out of debt is pay debt off or pay down on Understand all of that debt. So organize your debt, track that, and then incorporate into your budget paying the debt off on time, hmm. and then and then uh, award reward yourself once you pay one off, and then pay the next off, and then pay the next off. So that's what I would say. First of all, you're not alone. 
That's yeah. what I will say. You're not alone. Don't think you're the only one. Don't think, oh my gosh, I messed up. I'm embarrassed to tell anybody. It's okay. And personal finance is personal. What does that mean? That means that what, even if you make the same amount of money as somebody else, it doesn't mean you have the same expenses or you right. have the same goals. So your plan is your plan. Nobody knows what's on your plan, right? And you develop your plan based on your own income and you pay off your debt based on your ability to do that. Don't get overzealous because you're listening to this podcast. You need to do it the way that you can do it where you're not neglecting one thing to do another. So organize your debt, track it accordingly, incorporate the uh, paying off it into your budget little by little. Once you do pay off something, reward yourself. And I don't, that reward could be an ice cream cone. It doesn't have to be <laughs> right. go out and buy yourself a piece of jewelry. You know what I mean? So uh, that's what right. I would start off. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And if you need me, get an accountability partner. Yeah. If need be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous tips. And I think that is really helpful for people. And I love how you said personal finance is personal and it's life, right? Like mm -hmm. we all have our own things going on. We all have our own wants, desires, dreams, goals, families, jobs, income coming in, you know, all of that. I, I love that. Yes. It's very personal. Um, and so, yeah. Okay. What do you suggest for building that life that we love, but on a budget that we can afford? So I think we conceptually understand that idea. Like, okay, yeah, I can't spend more than I make or whatever, but do you have any kind of like, do you suggest like try to save 10% or, you know, I don't know, is that kind of how you ascribe it? Or how would you recommend people start to kind of build that, that life that they love, but on a budget we can afford? Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. 
With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Yeah. So, um, you know, the percentages, you know, there's the rule of thumb where there's certain percentage that you um, want to put towards um, your expenses, put towards savings and put towards um, want. Here's what I will say. And I, 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 I'm, I know that people don't like that. I just always revert to this is you have to look at what your budget can afford. And what I encourage you to do is pay yourself first. So what does that mean? Um, even if you are in debt, in deep in debt, I still encourage savings. I encourage savings by way of automation. So if you work for an employer, you can um, create a savings account. I, I encourage online savings accounts um, because they yield the highest um, interest rates. And you can put $10. Every time you get paid, put $10 into that account. I encourage you to start small um, because if you start too large, oftentimes what happens is um, if you never saved before that you start at, I'll call it $100 a paycheck. And then you do, do not have enough to do everything you need to do by way of your normal monthly expenses. And then you take some of that hundred out. So I rather you start with 10, see how that goes over two to three paychecks. If that doesn't blow your budget, then increase it to 20 and then keep increasing because the real key to savings and earning the high interest from the savings accounts is longevity. So the longer your money is in there, the more it can accumulate and the more you'll see it grow. So start small, increase by way of your budget, telling you how much you can increase by. So always, always, I'm going to go back to budgeting because it's about not conceptually knowing what come in and what goes out, literally taking the time to write that down. And if you have not budgeted before, I encourage pen and paper, become intimate with your income and intimate with your outgoes or your expenses. And then if you want to graduate to an app, or something electronically like an Excel spreadsheet, then do that. But pen and paper will for sure get you a lot closer to the intimacy with the money. And when you're intimate with something, you don't want to hurt it. You don't want, you want to do well by it. So that's why I use that term as it pertains to the process. Oh, I love that. Well, and I, I love that you're saying like, it doesn't have to be big to start. Anything is is good to start, right? Like just start where you can. Yeah. Five, $10. And yes, give it that moment to kind of, okay, that worked great. Let's do more. Oh, that worked too. Okay. Let's do more. And then it almost turns into a game because you've been doing it and it starts to feel good. And so then you want to do more and you want to contribute more and you want to spend less on these other things. Cause this uh, overthink over your savings account over here is growing. So I I love that approach. That's a really good one. Yeah. Okay. I have a fun question. Okay. What's something that you, um, what's something that you spent money on after you had saved? Like what was kind of a big splurge for you since you've been doing this for a while? Oh gosh. So <laughs> those that know me, I am a, a designer bag girl. Oh. <laughs> and, oh yeah. Louis Vuitton is my joint. No. <laughs> 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 so I want probably want to say some but my husband does buy some for me. So probably my uh, one of my bigger purchases 
um, was a Louis Vuitton purse after I had gotten my money right, paid off some debt. So, cause it's one thing to pay down debt and another thing to pay off. So when I paid off a few things, I'm like, I've been wanting this um, Louis Vuitton bag. Um, I, I, I felt such a sense of accomplishment that I was able to um, go into the store and actually purchase it. I didn't have to go secondhand. I didn't have to do any of that. So that was my first, I would call it splurge um, after I gotten on the other side of money mindset, other side of of actually paying off that actually increased emergency saving stock. So that that's was that was it. And so yeah, I'm a I'm a bling bling and and um designer bag girl. Oh, but I do so it, funny. I do it, I do it delayed. Yeah. Even in that situation yeah. where I had and could afford it, it was like I don't want the newest one that came out. I want one of the classic ones and I've been wanting for some time. I waited to a certain point to go and get it. So yeah. That, that's that's how I I, I I use the same principles and strategies that I share and and I waited till the right time and that uh, the budget dictated it I didn't take money out of the savings to do it I did put it on a credit card but I I did that when the money was there where I could pay the credit card off in its entirety so yeah, yeah. oh my gosh okay you want to know my favorite part about that Is what? how excited you still sound about it <laughs> because it was one of those things where I didn't even think possible. Right. Like I thought I had to always go to New York and get the knockoffs. And it was like, I, I want real purses. Cause I, I, so that's a different conversation. Cause I see them as (laughs) assets. If you keep them up and you don't have pin marks and all that. So anyway, that's a different topic because people feel differently about that. But that was, that was my, that is my thing. And that was my first I'll call it splurge purchase. Um, and then it's after that, it then became the vacations going where I wanted to go mm. whenever I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the first one right after I'll call it. I was on the other side. Well, and I'll say, even as a self-proclaimed wannabe minimalist, <laughs> I don't think stuff is the enemy. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that we have to live with nothing. I don't think that we have to not get that purse if that's what jazzes you up. And again, yeah. personal, right? That purse yeah. would not jazz me up the way it jazzes you up. Like, <laughs> that's great. But the thing is, it's what made you happy and what really helped you reach that goal. And you saved for it. You had the intention. You were very purposeful on it. You knew exactly what you wanted. So it wasn't an impulse buy. And so I think it's fabulous. I know that might actually surprise some people, um, you know, as someone that's a minimalist and I'm like, yeah, you go get that purse. Like, that's great. Cause honestly, with how excited you still sound about it, like it still jazzes you up. And I think that is awesome. And those things that kind of lift our vibe up, I think it's absolutely fabulous. So that was a fun question. I'm glad I <laughs> kind of just threw that one in there. Thank you. I'm glad you had something you actually had, you know, really splurged on and, and gone out there and loved. So, well, Katrina, this has been such a fun conversation and you're just a delight and I just love your energy. And I know other people are going to want to find you. So where can we do that? Absolutely. So my website is it's my info. It's my money.info. That's I T S M Y M O N E Y dot info. And I stress info. It's not.com. Um, yeah. I'm also across all social platforms. So that's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Pinterest. And my handle on all of them is at it's my money underscore. So it's the at symbol and then it's I-T-S-M-Y-M-O-N-E-Y underscore. So those are the two places where I play. I also have a YouTube channel and that is 
It's My Money with Petrina Dixon. So I've, I had a wonderful time here today. Um, hopefully your um, audience enjoyed the tips that I had to share. And I would love for those that uh, found interest in what I had to share today would check me out. Uh, so, you know, grab those links um, that will be in the show notes. Absolutely. Well, and like I said, yeah, we'll have everything in the show notes so that if you are just a click kind of person, uh, you can just go on over there and just click right into them and you'll be taken to Petrina's info, but we are not done yet. Cause I like to end each interview with three rapid fire questions. And so the first one is what does minimalism mean to you? Oh, it means simple. It means, uh, it means simple, just as, just as simple as that. It means simple, less chaotic, stress, uh, less stress. Great. And number two, what is one of your favorite pieces of advice that maybe you didn't get to share yet today? Live your best life. Life is too mm. short. Live your best life. And if your best life, if money is prohibiting you from doing that, back to the first question, it's simple. Start with a budget. Don't overcomplicate it. It, it is time to live your best life, whatever that is for you. Hmm. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. And number three, what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? Oh my gosh. That I get paid to talk about what I love. And that is personal finance and entrepreneurship. Like I love the fact that I found a way to monetize things that I enjoy talking about. Hmm, that's a good one. That's super fun. That is happy, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I love that so much. That makes me happy. That makes that gives me the freedom to have more time with uh, my family, my husband, my mom, my daughter, and and friends. So love that. Oh, so good. Well, <laughs> Katrina, thank you so much for joining us and these wonderful tips on you know how we can kind of use our money to create the life we really want to be living. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And if those, I I forgot to say this, if you want a freebie, um, you can go to my website, it's mymoney.info and go to my resource tab. You can grab a free budget sheet, sheet, a free debt tracker and or coloring book um, for the kiddos. Yeah, cool. Okay. We'll make sure we link to that as well. Thank you. All right. Well, have a great day. You as well. Deanna, thanks for having me on. Of course. Cheers. So what'd you think? Were you surprised by her splurge in my response? I'd love to know. Come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share. I'd also love to know if you had any big aha moments. Your insight can be just what someone else needs to hear on their journey. So let's build each other up and encourage one another. And thanks again to Petrina for joining us on the show today and for sharing some great advice. Remember, you can grab all of the resources she discussed by heading over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 118. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 118 to get your copy of the guides and to find out more about Petrina. And as always, thank you for joining me too. If you made it this far, I would be absolutely thrilled if you left me a review on Apple Podcast. Your reviews make my day and it helps me be able to book more guests on the show for you to discover and learn from. I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you back here next week when I'll be chatting with Miranda Bauer about postpartum. It's not a topic that we discuss much in our society, but I learned a ton and I think you'll enjoy it too. I'll see you then. I'm Deanna Yates and you've been listening to the Wannabe Minimalist Show. Cheers. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. 
I'm perinatal psychologist Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Cat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.